Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. I'm your host, Chet Czar, and this week we finally have Joe Vox on the show. I've been meaning to have him for at least two or three years now. I'm pretty sure he may even have been on my initial list of artists I wanted to have come on here that I never got to. Um, so yeah, great interview, super great artist, uh, director, um, uh, at the, uh, the family guy TV show. Um, great painter. I just, he was, uh, uh he had a show at the, at Copro gallery during the uh, Giger tribute show. And it was fantastic as always. And, uh, I had a great time talking to him. Super fun guy. I could have kept going for hours. Um, great dude. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, that's coming up, and um, what's going on with me? Well, I uh, had a had to raise some money last couple weeks, so um, I made some new products, <clears throat> been hustling behind the scenes trying to make some money, and um, I think I got what I need, so that's good news. Um, uh, came out with uh, some new products and new canvas clays. I've got the the uh, uh, Divine Feminine Canvas Clay at chetzar.bigcartel.com, and I've got Skullflower 2 as a Canvas Clay, and I got these. I haven't even promoted these on regular um, social media. These, I mean, most of my stuff I promote straight to the Patreon first. So if you're on my Patreon, which is patreon.com slash chetzar, you get to see all my new stuff first. I haven't even promoted these publicly yet, but I got these wall plug hand sculpted uh plug <clears throat> plates wall plates and i got some somewhere around here i got some for light switches and they came out really cool so i finally put those for sale anyway that's been my focus the last week or so and um now i'm on back on to some tool posters and uh commissions the usual um anyway it's not not much exciting um <clears throat> have i talked to you since the giger show let me see the giger show was yeah i'm i must have no i'm so confused was that last saturday it doesn't matter anyway um <laughs> Uh, let's see. Okay. If you want to support the podcast, please go to patreon.com slash dark art society and you can support for a, as little as a dollar, $12 a year. <clears throat> I mean, what a bargain, especially if you listen to the show every week, that's like a total bargain. It's nothing. Um, if you join at the $5 and above level, which is also very cheap, um, I think for the value you get from the show. You get uh, a 20% discount coupon for Skull Shop, who is our sponsor. And here's one of their skulls. Now, Skull Shop, S-K-U-L-L-S-H-O-P-P-E dot com. Great skulls. So you get 20% off. If you join at the $5 and above level and it helps the podcast continue. Okay. Yeah. I guess the backdrop again, uh, against my life the last month or so 
couple months is this new dog Valentine we got this pit bull. She is so awesome, but she's pretty young. She's got a lot of puppy energy, so she's <clears throat> requires a lot of walking and playing and stuff. And she's strong as hell. She's super sweet, but man, she's energetic. Um, so that's been a little bit distracting, but I guess that's it. I guess that's it. Um, I don't know. Like subscribe. Um, if you can share this, that would be great. Uh, uh, I'd like to get the show out to more people. The YouTube channel is growing little by little. And, um, you know, I want to try and catch the al algorithm at some point. I still think this podcast is way underrated, especially on YouTube. I think there's a lot of room to grow. So any, any way you could help, I would appreciate it greatly. Just because, just for other people, other artists. I, hear, I have artists come up to me all the time and tell me how much they appreciate the podcast because they feel like... They feel less alone. They feel like um, they're in the room with a couple artists talking and hanging out, and I appreciate that. I think I think there's a, there's value in that for people that are kind of uh, locked away in their studios creating work. I actually had a guy. Um, I went to Copro on Saturday <clears throat> to do some um, business with Gary, and there was a guy there who was coming to see the Geeker show the last day of the Geeker show. And he was telling me how much he loved the podcast. And, um, that was really cool. Anyway, that's my pitch. If you can support, support it. I appreciate that. Patreon.com slash dark heart society. And then my Patreon, patreon.com slash Chet Okay. Let's just get on with it. Um, I'm sure. Oh, I didn't read the, uh, yeah, you get your name read on the air. If you join the Patreon. So, this week, we have Jenny Smider. Thank you, Jenny. And Terry LaFay. Thank you, Terry. Uh, they both signed up on the Patreon. So I hope you enjoy everything there. And I uh, hope you enjoyed this show. Hope you enjoyed this episode. And I hope you enjoy this interview with Joe Vox. All right. Let's get on with it. Here we go. Joe Vox. Hello, Joe. Cat, my man. So good to see you. <laughs> good to see you too, man. What a, what a horrible start to a podcast. <laughs> hey, technology is tough. I am by no means a master of it. I I am usually so good. I mean, I I'm set with this, and I just it, I just it for some reason it wouldn't let me log in. I have no, I still I don't think I'm in the right account. I think I'm in some other weird account that I had set up and forgot about, but it was like the only thing I could do at the, at the last minute. But anyway, it just logged me out. None of my meetings. I've got all these meetings scheduled for uh, my Patreon uh -huh. for mentorships, this level I do, and they're all fucking gone. <laughs> so, oh, so that's like, so you, a... <laughs> I mean, yeah. If you clicked onto maybe the different account, it would be there. You think? Yeah, or... I think, I hope so. Unless I don't, who knows? I, I'll, I'll deal with it later. Anyway. You know, yeah. Well, this is about, this is about you. Um, Dude. yeah, thanks. thanks so, so thanks, thanks so much. For, yeah. Thanks for so much for coming on. I meant to have you on like two years ago or something. <laughs> it's just like, 
I, it's... But you finally reached the bottom of the barrel, Chet? Is that what we're saying? <laughs> finally, I was like, oh, man, I got no more people to interview. Yeah, I got nothing. I don't know, there's just this kindergartner down the street that's doing some monsters, maybe? <laughs> no, no, their no, family. no, no, no. I, talked, I contacted you a long time ago. It's just like I know. every week I basically, I mean, sometimes when I'm good, I'll schedule a month ahead. Or even like a month and a half, two months ahead, and then um, other times when that runs out, I go like, you know, because I'll post yours Wednesday, so I do them Monday and I post them Wednesday, which is yeah. good because it's really current. All the information is uh-huh. very current, but um, it's not good because then I like wait till last minute and I have a list of people like you that your name is on that I wrote five years ago of all the artists I want to interview. And then I just forget about the list. <laughs> I just think, uh, Oh, so much pops up my Facebook Dude, feed. I'm oh, just, I can, I can interview them. I'm impressed. You got a list. I don't I'm so unorganized. Like, I mean, that uh, we'll talk about it today. Like I, I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, It's just, it's chaos. Like I don't even have a good enough memory to remember like my influences. So like I've been writing down, <laughs> like, I just won't remember the names. I'll remember like an image or something like, oh yeah, right, this guy. right, and that girl. And but my memory sucks. Oh, mine like, does too. It's so terrible. Except yeah. I, I can remember like really stupid stuff, like obscure, like who produced this album in the nineteen seventy eight or something. It's like I remember all this stupid trivia. Yeah, but I mean that's that's something. I I don't have that even. Like I, you know, I remember a vague line from a movie. Like I'm always impressed like Mark and I when we were working in the office share share the room together mm-hmm. and he'll pull out like, "Oh, you remember this actor from that movie? That's who this is." And I'm like, "I remember the face and I remember that movie, but I don't remember the title of the movie or this guy's name." And he's just really good at little <laughs> detailed nuggets and so, it makes me worried about my future as far as, uh, you know, like dementia, I know. Alzheimer's. I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to be that guy, like, wandering around on the street. Like, <laughs> hey. where am I? <laughs> I got. I have a friend who he's he uh, has such a great memory. And we spent so much time together when I was younger that anytime I need to know, some, remember something that I can't remember or, or think of a name or something i just ask him he remembers it all like it's yesterday it's so crazy cataloged that's good yeah <laughs> some people oh, got man. it some people don't yeah and i i thought like my dad's got a really good memory and um even post like he he kind of recently suffered a stroke mm, um and he and he's doing okay but um his memory is still incredible like he pulls out all these details and moments you know uh, one thing i'll point out is like both my parents are artists so I was oh. kind of brought up in kind of a creative environment. Never, never really pushed on me, but when I did, because they're artists. <laughs> yeah, I mean they had stuff everywhere. Um, so like, uh, you know, early on I was always going to their art shows. Both of them were professors of art. You know, they would teach drawing, painting, stuff oh, like amazing. that. Amazing. Uh, but then they would show professionally, so they had this kind of dual career thing always going. They had that their is personal. So cool. And and I know you know this is how I've kind of constructed my reality now like I have the job that you know is the day job uh which happens to be creative which is awesome family and then guy I have, for people yeah family guy you know I direct on those things and 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 work with a fantastic crew and then you know uh pursue you know the painting world on the side uh but I know like 
the passion to pursue the painting was initially inspired by my parents doing their own thing right. on their own time. That's amazing. And uh, yeah, it's, it's funny. It was never pushed on me, but it just kind of happened. And yeah, that's it. Well, you know, I'm kind of like half joking saying they didn't push it on you because they're artists and they, and they know what a terrible job it is. Totally, totally. <laughs> but well, my, my dad was the same way. It was like, yeah, I mean, he's a super talent. It's funny, though, because you can see, you know, how you evolved from your like your dad's super detailed paintings, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. kind of mystic. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, there and, was an influence for sure. For sure. When I look at my parents' work, and they're more like a fine artist in the sense of like uh, they do kind of abstract landscapes. My mom does these detailed drawings that include kind of a lot of natural elements, feathers, and, mm -hmm. and environments and stuff. And and then you look at me, and I got like one-eyed sharks swimming <laughs> in ocean, and you know weird monsters and stuff like that. You can't really see the connection, but the color like is the link. I think uh, like my, both my parents work a lot in color. Um, and, and I think that definitely was like pulsating into my head. Like I love the vibrancy of, of, you know, their work and that's so um, cool. What are their names for people to look, uh, at? Richard Vox and, uh, Sandra Benny Vox, but she goes by B E N N Y. Cool. Um, and, I'm sure uh, would be interested. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's night and day, but, uh, <laughs> I think, you know, being surrounded by them, uh, definitely, you know, I don't know, they're my parents, but, uh, and super loving, super supporting of whatever I wanted to do. But, uh, yeah, I think they were kind of psyched when like I was a junior, I'm a little late in the game. Like I was always building stuff. And I think initially, I mean, you kind of started in special effects, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think initially I was thinking, you know, maybe more like model maker, right? I, I like building stuff. That's even more then, obscure than makeup effects artists is mo those model makers. But that was, you know, those are, I would get the books of like special effects. They, they didn't even have makeup effects books when I was a kid, but they had special yeah. effects. And then they'd have like uh, something from Star Wars, some masks, but then they would have all these model builders and, and spaceship yeah. guys who made the spaceships. And that stuff's like super fun. Yeah. Like the little sketches on the side too. That, yep. that was, I was like, Oh my God, this is kind of, this is a job. <laughs> and I, I just remember like, you know, I'm watching all these horror films slash science fiction films and, and, uh, you know, spending a lot of time doing that, doing, doing pretty well academically. I had like a, like this dual personality and I, I I've kind of continued that where I'm like, I, you know, I did well academically. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't push myself to take like the harder classes, but I did well. Um, and then I was kind of an athlete too. Like I, I was wow. kind of a sporty kid as well. You're, you're, but then, you're like flying in the face of, of all of the cliches of the, of the monster artists, the dark artists. I know. <laughs> That's cool. But then, so then at the same time, so like I had that part of my existence and then I had the guy who wanted to go home and like play action figures as a younger kid. Like I want to play, I want to build my Lego. Right. Uh, I just want to watch Buck Rogers, Star Trek, Battlestar Galactica back to back. And then, but then, you know, like, but then I'm going to go play touch football or basketball. <laughs> hey, well, that's Frazetta was an athlete. Frazetta was like almost, he had to choose between being an artist and a professional baseball player. And yeah. my dad was, a, was an athlete. Really? He was the captain of the football team. Yeah. Whoa. So that's, that's cool. Yeah. So it's like, that's, you know, it happens. <laughs> yeah, it totally happens. And, and um, I mean, I never got 
like those kind of offers. I'm not talking <laughs> professional anything, but you know, like I enjoy, I enjoy the competition and, mm-hmm. uh, uh, didn't not excel. Like I did pretty well here and there, but, uh, these two parts of my personality, like through those formative years were always like battling. Like, Oh really? Like you well, know, a little bit. Did, did like, you notice that at an early age? Did you think not, about that? Not until or was like it... after, like, and there was a point, you know, because I ended up going to Syracuse for uh, to get an illustration degree. I think I, I was starting out in like a path where I was going to mix film and like drawing somehow, oh, wow. and that that was the only thing I could figure out as like a path to maybe industrial lights and magic. Mm-hmm. You know, like oh, well, I guess if I have a film degree and you know, I, this is pre-computer, gra- <laughs> like computer graphics were just kind of starting. And, yeah. um, I, uh, but then I, I was like, ah, the film is just too muddy and complicated. And, and I was definitely more attracted to the drawing and painting. So I got this illustration degree, but while I was in college, I was also playing, uh, for the, um, club volleyball team. Like I was wow. a big volleyball player. So like, you know, I'd have weekends where I was like, shoot, I got to work late to get the painting done because I know I'm going to be traveling with the team uh, <laughs> in this competition all weekend. And then, you know, I, but I cared more about the project. And and eventually my body and everything was like, all right, this is too much. Uh, I'm going to simplify and I'm just going to tell the team I can't play anymore. And uh, I, I started letting go of those kind of pieces a little bit. Right. But uh, just so I could focus and, and really progress. But like when I look at like a guy like you, a guy like Mark, I can tell you guys have been drawing and and doing this kind of stuff from a like a young age, mm-hmm. or it feels that way at least. Yeah, well, and, and I started, was. yeah, and I started kind of late. Like I look at my drawings in like tenth grade, uh, like I was playing Dungeon Dragons and I'd like draw my character or something. <laughs> and it's the good old days. It, yeah, it's it's laughably terrible. Like. <laughs> It's not even like, oh, he shows potential. It's just really bad. I, I've, and, uh, I've interviewed a couple artists on here that that started late in life. Like one, I don't remember who it was, but they were they didn't start until they were in their 20s. So it's like if you got the drive and you, if you have the passion for it, you know, and you have yeah. a little bit of talent or a little bit of ability, you can do it. You could do it. You know? Yeah. It's, you know, like I, I definitely focused at a certain point. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and I still feel like, I mean, I know no artist ever feels like they have all the skills they need. Yeah. No, you know, like I'm never. complete. Uh, so you're always developing. But uh, like, I really feel like my jobs in animation were like an extension of schooling because I was, That's you know, still developing. Same with and, me and, and effects. Yeah, right. I like, really felt you're like around that all was these the, super talented folks. And, yeah, it was like the best art school ever. Better than going yeah. to regular art school. Was yeah, totally. Like I, if I could have... I mean, I enjoyed my college years, but if I could have bypassed and gone right into this, but I know I wasn't even, you know, I needed those college years right. to like buy me some time to like, okay, I'm drawing and painting more and more and more. And uh, even when I graduated, I look, I look back at some of that work and like, I like it, but it's still a long way off from where I am today. Yeah. So um, I would, you know, I, top- I have to one, let me interject. One thing is yeah. I, I was, I, cause I tried to be athletic because my dad was like, a football fan and you know you try and he was an artist and it's like i tried it but i just 
you know, and I was okay. I had a good year in kickball one year in like the third grade where I was really good at kickball <laughs> one year Dude. and then it was over. But, um, I, I got into, I was really into BMX bikes and then I got into motorcycle riding and I was going to start racing like motocross Whoa. and I, and I did one race and, uh, I was actually pretty good at it, but, but I got, I discovered makeup effects right around that same time. And it was like, I had to choose one, you know, what age I, were you like, you 12? know, that stuff freaks me out 12 yeah yeah i'm not I, good with like wheels and power uh yeah i was like I my was, own two feet i'm okay but i was crazy i was like crazy i, I would always do crazy stunts and stuff i i, I wasn't afraid of getting hurt but um yeah i, I had the, i i did have that and i had that moment that you're talking about too where you kind of have to choose okay i'm gonna focus on this thing i just yeah. got completely obsessed with effects and then just went boom yeah but it is nice when that bell goes off though yeah uh and you, it's like total clarity and you're mm -hmm. like, uh, I don't, I mean, this other stuff is nice and, and part of me still and, and memories or whatnot, but this is, this is definitely calling me a and, lot. And, and some people don't have that. Some people don't get that, like, which is kind of like sad, you know? Yeah. And like, you know, uh, I have a couple kids, so like they're growing up and it's interesting to see what their likes and, and dislikes are. Yeah. And, right. um, um, my son, you know, kind of opposite brain from me is about to go to college and he's like math, physics. Uh, that's uh, so cool. Yeah, like his brain is is all in those world. <laughs> and I look at what he's working on just like, oh my God, like I don't even know where to look. Like, what is this? That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's super cool yeah. and, and impressive. Um, and actually, you know, like he was a talented, like he, he was trying for a little bit. And I thought, oh, maybe we'll see. But you know, the, the love of, of math and, and stuff That's definitely so cool. was stronger. And, yeah, and... I, I admire that people that can that have those kind of math brains. I think it's fascinating. Super fascinating. In, like, in, in a way that maybe a math person might see an artist. Like, how do they do that? I feel like that's like another language, math. too. Yeah. Like, I it's a line. I look at the I'm like, wow, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to that country because I won't be able to get around. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know what this means, but it's really yeah, cool. Gosh. Uh, <laughs> But, so okay, uh, let, let me let me let me back up a little bit to your your uh, early childhood because we kind of zoomed all the way up into college. My my grave. <laughs> so we know <laughs> and that you. And then Joe died. <laughs> I just want to give you know your 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 whole story. Um, you you start uh, uh you 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 had artist parents which is kind of amazing and really pretty unusual m mm -hmm. most of the people that come on the show did not have artist parents and they were super supportive which is amazing and so you had like a happy childhood it sounds like really happy so you, yeah. you weren't all didn't have, go through all this trauma but th mm -hmm. this is what i find interesting i guess m the point i'm making is um you know because there's the, this whole I, I don't know if you've heard the, the podcast much but it's like a lot of the artists that come on, myself included, uh, I think, you know, used dark art and monsters as a way of processing trauma as, as children. Because I, I, I grew up in the early childhood. There was like a lot of before my my painter dad is my stepdad, my bio, okay. biological dad left when I was like five. And uh, there was a lot of turmoil around that. So I feel like that the, the, the horror movies and the monsters and drawing and kind of keeping to myself was all 
in a way, uh, coping with the trauma. Mm -hmm. And so I guess what I'm asking is since you didn't have all this trauma, how did you get interested in, uh, horror horror and stuff? Because it's, it's, it's evident, even though your stuff has like a, your work, your personal work has like a, a fun, a sense of fun to it. It still is, it's all about the monsters, you know, and which we, we love that. (laughs) So like, what, what, what do you, what, it kind of makes the case that maybe it's genetic as much as anything, you know, I don't know. So tell, tell me what you think. I'm going to go back to like, I, I think a lot of people, you know, and I've heard this mentioned cause I do listen. Mm. I haven't heard them all, but I, I, I yeah, listen to podcasts and a lot of people <laughs> talking about like, um, you know, uh, the love of just the darkness, you know, like it, it's interesting, you know, mm-hmm. right? it's, it's, those are the interesting characters in the movies and you know as much as you may be rooting for the good guys right you like to see the scenes with the bad guys you (laughs) know like the monsters or whatever you have to have a good villain man you have to have a good villain or the it makes or breaks yeah anything yeah but i think and i was thinking about this because i figured you might ask something like (laughs) this um i think i would go back to my uncle my mom's brother was uh significantly younger like so we'd go visit him. They lived in Ohio and they still live in Ohio. Um, and he is a high energy kind of wacky personality um, who got a lot of joy out of scaring ah, me. Okay. And, but you know, he had, he was kind of maybe a few years older than like, I guess they would be my second cousins. So it kind of started with that age group there, there were four kids in that family how old were you and this was happening how old were you when you were getting scared by this like dude he he let me get to five okay and then and then the terror i that's when i kind of remember like just absolutely like and it, it was it was tough because he would set up these elaborate things in this very small house <laughs> to scare the shit out of me and then you know like wherever i would retreat to like my grandmother was kind of a safe spot and my my mom, but then there would be like laughter kind of surround, like, you know, there'd be this big scare. Everybody else in the family kind of knew what my uncle was planning. Um, they'd hear me scream. They'd hear the footsteps, panic speed, run through the house, get to my safe spot. And then there'd be laughter at my expense, kind of, <laughs> but it was also like, it's okay. Right, yeah. Um, and he would do things like there was this, and it, it's not that long as an adult, but as a kid, it was like that scene in Poltergeist where they zolly shot, like the hallway increases in length. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And zoom in and pull sh- back. <laughs> like he would turn the light off in the space that I would sleep in. And, you know, as a kid, you got to go to bed. It's your bedtime. And everybody else is up. Like I'm in my PJs and I know I have to pass because he still lived in the house. He was, you know, 16, 17. Mm-hmm. Let's see, it would be like 20 at this age. And I had to pass his bedroom and it was like the obelisk in, uh, or not the obelisk, whatever the thing in 2001, Mm -hmm. that like black rectangle, Mm -hmm. like there was no light, no, no nothing coming out of his room. (laughs) And he was not out with the family watching TV. (laughs) So I knew he was somewhere in the house, most likely in that blackness, waiting for this, these little pajama footsteps to come along. (laughs) And he would throw, you know, there would be like this headless Charlie McCarthy doll. Oh my God. He put like a butter knife in its <laughs> chest and like parkered some blood. And he would, you know, he, he's a very funny guy and he's got like some great screaming voices. And uh-huh. would, you know, throw this thing 
as I would, I would sprint down this hall. Like, I gotta get past him. <laughs> so, like, that was one move he had. He had some other elaborate traps he set for me. Um, and then I remember, like, I remember my grandmother, she set me up for one once, like, can you do me a favor? Go down to this pantry and I need some chicken soup for lunch. And it's the middle of the day. Uncle Joe's in the shower getting ready. He, he worked at like a grocery store at the time. I'm like, okay, grandma's asking. I want to be helpful. Uncle Joe's in the shower. I, I can, I hear him. I'm going to go downstairs and do this. The pantry in this like old Ohio house mm. is under, it's like this little like troll door underneath the staircase. So you got to go down the stairs. My uncle unscrewed all the light bulbs. And my little five-year-old arms can't reach the oh chain anyway. <laughs> I, it's like this little swivel latch to this mini door. You open it up, and he had it all rigged so that, and it had to be just pure great timing. But as I reached for this doorknob and, and swiveled it, his tape recording of like monsters went off. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I shot up the stairs. Like I, I think you know, this I had great vertical leap. <laughs> you know, the whole flight of stairs and two jumps into the living room. Grandma's there, Aunt Jones, everybody's there laughing. My parents, oh, my <laughs> uncle, you know, wasn't in the shower, wow. he was just waiting. But then he, he would confuse me because, like, there were points where I was like, oh, God, I hate this guy. I hate coming now. I loved, you know, because it was always like holiday time. Mm -hmm. But then he would take me to like a toy store or a comic shop. And he just said, get whatever you want. Yeah, I felt guilty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure, for sure. Like, ease the guilt a little bit. Um, but yeah, then he would, like, take me shopping, and I'd buy a bunch of Smurfs or comic books or... Uncle Joe's the best! Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like my grandfather, kind of. Although my grandfather was a little, on my mom's side, a little more sadistic. But uh, he would do the same thing to me. He, he, all of us. He would turn the lights off with the caveman mask and chase us around the house. You know, oh, just man. like <laughs> it's it's a little. I think it's. I think that you know when the when the adults are in on it, that kind of fucks you up a little more. A little bit, right? So like, <laughs> it's like there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to escape this because yeah, no the adults are no in on it. No siblings. There's nobody else getting tortured. It's just me. So like, I don't know. Like. I, I love animals too, and I know you do as yeah, well. Yeah. Like it would be me and the dog. Like mm -hmm. it, this one dog that we had. Like there was the family favorite, and then there was this dog Pepper that was more of like a junkyard dog. Mm -hmm. uh, just kind of was always getting into trouble, like rooting through the trash mm -hmm. and people yelling at Pepper and like Pepper, Pepper. You know, <laughs> and like you know, and no way hitting or anything. Just, right, right. Uh, just everybody was annoyed at Pepper. And I'm mad at everybody, so Pepper and I would hang out. And, like, <laughs> and I think, you know, this is like four or five. Like, this is where I really was bonding with animals. Like, yeah. we're, we're a team, all right? It's all of us, or it's us versus them. That's and, interesting. Uh, yeah, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> but definitely part of it. And then on the other side, it was like creepy, but with a soft touch. My aunt and my grandmother would read me stories before bedtime. Not every night, but some nights. And um, th they would choose stories from, and I wish I could find this fairy tale book, but they were a cross between like Devil and Tom Walker. It was like, you know, some innocent person meeting the devil on the road and, you know, their life is at stake if they didn't sacrifice right. this or that. <laughs> I just remember like, or she had this other great tale of um, this wolf 
that tricks all these baby sheep out into the woods and eats them all. And the mother in a panic uh, finds the wolf while it's sleeping by the river and this fairy tale, but cuts the wolf open, pulls out all the babies that are still alive, replaces it with rocks wow. and stitches the wolf back up. <laughs> and then when the wolf gets up like groggy, kind of like, oh, I feel so stuffed from all those sheep, <laughs> those lambs I ate. You know, I'm going to get a drink at the water, you know, the river. And all the rocks, the weight of the rocks, push the uh, uh, wolf into the river and die. Like, <laughs> That's pretty dark. <laughs> stories I love. Oh, tell, me the, tell me the wolf one again. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, there's definitely those moments that, yeah. that stick out as, like, definitely sculpting my yeah. interest in this kind of, like, fairy tale fantasy mm -hmm. you know there's a sweetness but there's also a darkness and mm -hmm. the darkness is cool and creepy yeah and, uh, <laughs> uh, it makes so sense I, what, it does did, yeah. you, did you watch horror movies and stuff or were you, it sounds like maybe you were more of a sci-fi guy when you're a kid i think as a kid more of a sci-fi guy it's, like it's like that's how it is it's like there's i think people in our arena it's like they were horror or they were most people liked both horror and sci-fi but they liked one more than the other you know and it sounds like you were more of a, a sci-fi guy and i was definitely but also uh, maybe because like my mom she likes spooky stuff but there's a limit um and and so i think you know this is the day of renting vhs's and stuff like that i'd go to the video store as a young person and like be like can, can we get this and she'd be like no. Uh, <laughs> so part of it, like as far as the horror angle, like uh, Night Stalker was maybe as close as I get. Oh yeah, and I and I really enjoyed that show. Oh yeah, um, that was a great one. But you know, like I didn't get to see, like I totally binged on it once I got into college, mm -hmm. and you know, as a, a young adult moving out here, like you know, Best Buy would have these barrels of DVDs, like. For a dollar, yeah. and it would be just these crappy horror films. I'm like, I haven't seen this. I'm gonna try it, and uh, you know, or stick ten horror films for yeah. one dollar. Uh, <laughs> like, kind of skip through it. Like, yeah. this sucks. This is I'm not gonna watch all of it. Uh, but you know, it definitely exposed me to um, you know a, a lot more at that age. So I'm like, my early twenties is when I really kind of dove into the horror film at least mm -hmm. a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I saw Salem's Lot. I know Mark talked about this too, but the, the TV uh, miniseries that oh, was yeah. on in the eighties. So good. That so good. It's kind of comical in hindsight, like watching it, not the monster stuff, but like the drawn out, like stuff in the city and the towns and who's sleeping with who. Yeah, and you're just like, yeah. Oh God. All right. Yeah. It's got its but problems, still... but it's like the scary stuff is fucking great. <laughs> So great and i saw that at like 11 and uh -huh. it destroyed me like i had nightmares for months afterwards <laughs> like i could not go to sleep without seeing the barlow eyes like staring at me like scratching in my window <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that was so, a great one. That's it. yeah that that was I, and I think my mom probably like after she probably had to get up and console me most nights where I was like sweating in bed, mm -hmm. like buried under blankets in the middle of summer. But you know, just like, <laughs> uh, yeah. So she's like, no, no horror films for you. Yeah, okay. sci-fi is okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, they kind of alien. There's, there's like, crossover there. There's, there's crossover. crossover. Alien was kind of a nice crossover, like mm -hmm. a little blend that mm -hmm. I don't think I had too many nightmares from that. Um, 
the youngest nightmares I can remember were freaking Barlow and that clown in Poltergeist, that clown doll that comes out from under oh, the bed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God, that, that did a job on me too. Yeah. Um, but uh, okay. Yeah, so, so it might have been just more like parental. Like I don't. I want to sleep tonight, so let's make sure Joe doesn't watch anything too creepy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he has a vivid imagination. Yeah, very vivid. <laughs> so you weren't. So. At that early age, you were dabbling in art, but you weren't like totally committed to it. Yeah, like yeah. I, I would sculpt things. You know, if ever there was an uh, an option in schools, like you could build a diorama. Okay. Or you could write a paper. Right. I'm the guy building, building the something, doing the poster, whatever the creative option was. Okay. Uh, so it's I just was like choosing. general creativity and making things. Yeah. And I think, you know, like I loved Lego as a kid. So like, mm-hmm. I, you know, it couldn't get too dark or weird, but I would build castles and, and those kind mm-hmm. of things. Yeah. So there was definitely creative energy there. Um, my buddy Marcus uh, Gardega, who I played Dungeon Dragons with to this day, uh, he was like he and his brother really were the two people my age that were drawing like wizards. Mm-hmm. And I was like, God, I really like what they do. And I would try and emulate it. And that's kind of when I would do these D&D characters. I'd be like, God, my That was fun. It was... <laughs> Dude, drawing they're D&D so bad compared to what so... they're doing. But, okay. <laughs> you know, like, it was so, so fun, I... Yeah, it was super fun. But, like, at the same time, I think I had some jealousy, envy that, yeah. you know, like, ah, oh, they, they already got it. Like, and he went on, like, Mar- my friend Marcus went on to do more, like, IT stuff. He totally could have been That's a so talented weird. artist too, yeah, but it's a trip to see that happen. Um, yeah, like, but you know that initially, I think, you know, like I was a little sensitive, like oh, I'm not going to be as good as Marcus. So. Mm. Um, but he introduced me to like 2000 AD and some European comics. Mm. And I think that's where I like first saw Simon Beasley's work. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, this guy's rad. And, um, you know, he would be, like kind of in the comic world, him, him and like Bill Sienkiewicz, uh, mm. as far as technique, because it wasn't like they could draw really well. You could tell, and I wasn't there yet, but the paint style was a little messier than like the, the clean lines of like a normal comic book page. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some splatter, and, and yeah. I was like, oh, I, I can get into this. Like yeah. it's, it's not super anal. Like I think my job in animation has become a little more anal. Like it's minute details and redrawing of, of stuff sometimes several times to, to get it the way it needs to be. Mm-hmm. When, when I do my personal paintings, I try and dodge as much of that as possible. And it's like, at most I'll do like a thumbnail that's very loosey goosey and it's kind of key compositional elements. And maybe if I'm feeling it, like a tone, like color palette kind of thing, but very loose. Mm-hmm. Um, and and at most, like an hour spent on it, but that's even too much maybe. Right. And and I think that's so I can maintain the energy when I, when I start the painting. Uh, I know a lot of things will happen. And sometimes it's based on the music I'm listening to or a movie I just saw. But I have the key elements, but as I'm adding and kind of designing the, the canvas, um, you know, anything can go. So, mm-hmm. um, but that's to keep it fresh. I think if, if it's, I, I know there are a lot of, uh, super talented folks that like really work everything out, uh, yeah. beforehand. 
That's what and, I do. And, that's what I. That's where I'm at now. Which is awesome but because like then a, you have like two products too, well, right? It, yeah, have, exactly. Like, <laughs> but it, it's, but it, I've noticed that it it changed. It's changed over my career. It's like, you know, you get to a you you learn one way of doing things, and you're like, oh, I'm going to try and do it this way. Then yeah. I'm going to try this. And at this point, it's like I'm I'm more trying to be like planned out and efficient, just because that's like a a new way to be. Because I was more yeah. you know, a little more like you're saying, just kind of more uh, free. But yeah, I mean, you kind of lose something. You do lose some spontaneity when you do it that way. Yeah. But but it's like you know, it's just a different way of doing things. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, you paint so well. You're like one of those guys that initially. Uh, like, what year did you start showing in galleries? Because I feel like we're kind of about the same launch point. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think we start. I think we started around the same time. I, I think. Well, my first show at Copro, I think, was two thousand five or two thousand six, okay. and and I was showing like maybe the year before at Cannibal Flower and stuff. Yeah, that's where I think I initially saw and met you. Yet you and Loop. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and you guys were like like royalty there at that point because like you would sell a ton of paintings uh, and well, you know, I, everybody <laughs> oh luke's featured or Chad's luke featured was i luke was royalty i mean he was i would i once i started selling because i was showing for probably a year and not really selling anything yeah or maybe a couple of years you know because i i i was like 2000 i was like i'm gonna try and be a painter because i knew kind of how to paint a little bit and then I think 2002, I had a, my first show with Cam DeLeon in a in a local gallery in Monrovia. Wow. And uh, I did one for Adam Jones' ex-wife. No, that was my first one. That was 2001. And that was like kind of my first. It was a long story. It was kind of like a mini show for her band. I was like in the lobby of where her band was playing. And um, then, and then after, and then it was the local gallery. Then it was cannibal flower where I wasn't selling anything for a few years. And then I came, came upon my portrait thing. And then those started selling, but still Luke was like a hot shot. Yeah. <laughs> big, big cheese. And yeah. like, <laughs> as like gregarious as like I can be in those environments, I, I'm I'm insecure. Like I I just uh, you know the Campbell flowers were fun nights, but I you know I was a little shy about like yeah. approaching you guys because I mean it's I, a big night. It's and... funny. It's funny because I I felt the the same. It's like we all didn't know what we were doing, and we were like it just. I mean, it was it was fun and exciting. Yeah. this thing the scene was happening but at the same time you're nervous because you didn't really know that many people and yeah. it's a lot of work too like yeah uh, <laughs> yeah yeah you know you gotta haul it down there like saturday morning or <laughs> and friday you be and you better pick, pick it, it up, up the next day or else you're, gonna, morning or whatever. you're never gonna see it again <laughs> never <laughs> yeah like i guess all my work will be all right in this warehouse <laughs> um yeah, like so I did a bunch of those and uh th there was another thing called Create Fixate in LA. Oh, I, I remember, remember that. that group. Yeah, yeah. So I yeah. did uh you know, it was kind of the same concept, you know. Um and they they were a pretty nice group as well. So I did a bunch of those and and Gary was the one guy like cuz I I went to La Luz 
and showed them what I had. And they were like, eh, you know, yeah. Uh, I can't remember where else I went, but Gary's one guy like, yeah, yeah, okay. Put you in a group show or something. And you uh, know, that's he's, cool. He's always been so sweet. And, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. And then, and then he started to hook me up, I think after like a few group shows and maybe some small shows, um, with his brother at the key club. Mm, and yeah. we did like the, uh, the room downstairs where like, like VIPs and the band would hang out. It's a, like kind of velvety, fun, dark cave like space. Yeah. Uh, I think I was I, in a show there that LC did. I think I, I sold don't doubt a, it. Yeah. I think I sold a painting. It was one of the first times I sold a painting. I think that was at the key club. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go. No, continue. I mean, it was just like a, a fun place. You know, you'd, it was the same kind of thing where it'd be like up for a weekend or maybe a week at most. Yeah. But you know, they'd try and sync it up with a cool event. Like they're having a cool guest and, and uh, you know, then you come and invite people, but there'll be other people down there as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that was one of my early sales too, that I was like, Ooh, this is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's so exciting. Up, here's some music. Come yeah. Down, socialize, <laughs> talk about some art. Uh, it's amazing when you when you first sell a piece, you know. It's yeah. it's like wow, okay, I can yeah, do this. this. Yeah, I think <laughs> like the, the consistency for me, uh, and and it's probably my fault. Like over the years, uh, because I'm never like a hundred percent in on. I'm a I'm an art artist gallery guy. Like it's yeah. always juggling. You know, it's hard and to make a living that way. It know? is, and I'm like. I'm so impressed with like you and, and Luke that just uh, these guys that just go for it. And uh, I just, I know, I also know I don't have like, I mean, I guess I could learn, but I, I know I'm kind of stupid, I guess, but like, <laughs> <laughs> like the, the business angle of stuff and the, yeah. I don't know, just, you got to really hustle. You got to constantly yeah, yeah, hustle. Yeah. Yeah. It's Maybe like, I'm, no, no, I, I feel you. It's like, I, I, I just, Pat had to learn it because I had to, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I, but I wasn't talented in that way. Um, although I kind of had a knack for it a little more than I thought I would once I learned yeah. it. But I was thinking about this the other day that, you know, cause I mean, I would love to just be a gallery artist and like I paint gallery sells the work and I, it's enough. It's enough to cover yeah. everything, but it's not, it's, it's, it's not enough to cover everything. So I have to kind of do this. I'm, I was thinking about it the other day. I'm like, you know, I have this kind of retail business, this online business. It could be um, selling socks or seeds of plants or, or whatever, but it's like, I, it's my artwork, my prints and stuff and my yeah. merch. And so it's like, it's not a, a fine art job. It's like a retail uh, or, you know, yeah. I, I get uh, your own, retail shop um and so that's and you, you're at the point where you're like if you make the print you got to have the tube you got or yeah. however you send them yeah like, i've and, got like boxes i mean i've got all my suppliers set up i got box i've got packing material it's like no no problem with that stuff yeah. it's like i have that in stock but um it's just like something i never wanted <laughs> <laughs> never thought about doing it was just like okay this is if i'm gonna make this happen you know if i gonna if i'm gonna make this career happen i'm gonna have to do this you know learn, yeah. learn how to do it and it's and you know it's kind of painful but you know it's just w definitely worse things 
to do, you know? Totally, totally. Like, how do you, uh, I know you've probably talked about this, so you don't have to spend too much time, but you, like, do that part of your business, like, morning and then, yeah. then like, paint evening? Or, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's exactly. It's, like, morning. Because um, I have someone come over and help me do, and up until 12, do, like, ship, mm-hmm. shipping and stuff and resin cast and resin, resin casting and stuff. So <clears throat> until 12, I, uh, you know, do all, any business stuff and then mm-hmm. i try and do the art, art stuff in the second half of the day nice you know because yeah it, it spills into the evening sometimes it's like i have more time i have this i could stay up late and do extra work if i need to and i'd rather do yeah. that with the artwork than with the business stuff <laughs> yeah it's funny the other thing i noticed like about my uh my my dad in particular but both my parents are not night owls mm. yeah like my my dad is kind of on farmer time like mm-hmm. sun goes down it's bedtime <laughs> but then he'll get up at like 4 30 and so, sometimes he would be working in the you know the studio that's what at, my dad at was. that time of day until was. you know everybody else woke up yeah and uh so i've noticed as i get older and older i think young joe was like i'm gonna stay up late and, and be different and, and be a night owl. And of course, you know, in the college years and younger years, there was a little bit of that, but I could definitely uh, feel myself sinking into the, oh, the sun went down. Better go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I, and, uh, I, I, yeah, my kids make fun of me all the time because I, I, I need naps. Like, yeah. I can't exist without them. Yeah. Like, I gotta, like, <laughs> take them. And whenever I can, I'm like, where's dad? Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where my, my assistant, my dog, who you can't see behind me, is like my number one supporter of naps because she's like on her back behind uh, yeah. me. Uh, <laughs> she's almost on the same schedule I am. Like, like a dog, I need 20 hours of sleep. Yeah, that. right. <laughs> I, I, I got up at 5.30 this morning. It's like I am a, I am a night owl by nature, like since I was a kid. I used to be up. My dad used to get up at like four thirty in the morning and meditate, and um, every day. And I would, I would during the summers, I would be going to sleep and see him getting up to go meditate. Good night, because yeah. <laughs> I was like a super night owl. I've always been that way, but um, I just I do so much better when I get up early. You know, I don't like it. I mean, I don't, I don't really like it, but I like the feeling of like, oh, it's early. I've got so much more time ahead of me to do everything yeah. I need to do. Whereas if, you know, you're up at three in the morning, four in the morning, and then you wake up at one, it's like, you feel like, Oh, my whole day's screwed. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I think so. I'm forcing myself to do that. Yeah. I mean, five's intense, dude, or five thirty. Yeah. Or I just, I, that was random though. I just woke up. That's for next level. I went to bed early though. I went to bed like nine, nine o'clock or nine thirty last night, yeah. which is weird, but I'm kind of forced these days. Like I, I, I start my work day early anyway, just cause I'd like to try and wrap that all up by four thirty-five. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, my dog is recently diabetic, mm. so she needs shots, uh, insulin shots every 12 hours. Okay. And like initially her, her meal times were like eight or nine, you know, when we'd wake up officially and four thirty-five, mm-hmm. but now with this twelve-hour gap, we're like, oh, we need to find like a a time that's reasonable in the morning, and also reasonable at night. Like, 
yeah, we can wait till nine in the morning, but eating dinner at nine at night is, is a little yeah, intense. Right. So I got to get up at six thirty, feed her, you know, give her a shot, uh, take her for a walk. So like now it's kind of just something routine. we do. Yeah. 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 That's good. But, um, that's good. That's yeah. what I normally do. I'm like, 6 30 it's like i've gotten to the, to where well that's not true uh <laughs> i try to do like 6 6 30 and and i yeah. was on that schedule for a while but what happens with me is that some kind of deadline will come up and then it's over you know especially an oh, art man. show it's where it's like okay i gotta get all these paintings done i waited until the last minute again not because I'm lazy, but because I was doing all this other stuff I have to do, yeah. you know, so, uh, and then that always ends up going later and then I end up sleeping in. So then I get screwed up. It's just this endless cycle with me, but, um, yeah, but that's I'm, incredible. Like I, you know, that's the other part that I think I know I've heard in your, uh, previous talks with people about, you know, the ability to, to jam like that, like under pressure. Like I, I don't feel like I'll, I work well under pressure mm. and, um, so like I, I'm constantly uh, doing whatever I can to avoid putting myself in those situations. Yeah, I wish I had so, that discipline to do that. Yeah, but I mean, you're you're extended. You're like you have a lot of commitments. Yeah, yeah. I, I intentionally like underextend myself. That's smart. <laughs> like, though. that's smart. Well, not not if you're trying to bust onto this art scene. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing all right. <laughs> it's the wrong way to attack it. Uh, you see, but for, doing all right for my me. psyche, uh, <laughs> yeah. like, I can do one show and maybe one piece in a group show a year. That's it. <laughs> uh, so well, you I, got, you, you have a whole, whole other job, which I want to, I want to talk about. Cause I, you know, I, I want to focus on uh, your, your artwork, but, we do need to get to the family guy portion. I don't know how you are about talking about that. Cause it's like, that's your day job. Yeah, and you no know, problem. most people prefer to talk about their personal art, which I'm assuming you would kind of rather talk about than your day job. You know, I mean, I'm but indifferent. I, like, I, you know, I'm super thankful for my career in animation. Cause I, as I said, it was kind of schooling uh, and continues to be like, I continue to learn about, you know, uh, from all these super oh, talented sure, folks yeah. I, I work with and, and learn about animation, but also drawing and, and composition and stuff like that. Um, but it's kind of funny how, um, you know, I, I, my first gig, my first animation gig was with Ralph Bakshi. I don't oh, know if you know wow. that name at yeah, all. Yeah, of course. But like, you know, he Wizards, man. That's one of my director. Wizards yeah, like, was like one of my form formative movies. Me too. Like that, that was a movie that kind of blew my mind as a kid. I was like, whoa, yeah, this is way different than like some of the Disney stuff that I also appreciated yeah, for the yeah. art and stuff. But like this is rude and crude. And then, you know, he did the Lord of the Rings and the fire and ice. And, mm -hmm. and so the like the small group of like, yeah, art movies that I was like, whoa, rat. so he was a guy that, uh, and I thank my dad again for kind of pushing me out of the car because I was a little shy, but I'd gotten his name. I knew we had a small studio in New York City. And, um, you know, I, I, my dad was like, just go up. Just go up. You know, if he's not there, we'll Did go your up. dad know him? No. Oh. He was picking up. I think I was helping him. He was, like, dual purpose. He was picking up or dropping off some paintings in the city. Mm -hmm. uh, I was dropping off uh, illustration books at various, like, publishers trying to get some work. And, and I was like, I got this address in Chelsea. You know, he's like, let's go. 
and he knew the city really well. So oh my god, it must over. have been so nerve wracking. <laughs> oh yeah, and he's like, just go up. If it doesn't work, we'll go. We'll, we're done. We'll go home. What a good dad. Uh, what a good and dad. Ralph was sitting in this like kind of cool two room studio space, tons of paints, and mm-hmm. he does all these kind of other paintings on the side. And uh, yeah, come in. He's he's a real big guy and kind of rough on the edges. Uh-huh. Uh. And he starts flipping through my portfolio, you know, smoking. He's got coffee, uh-huh. you know. He's like, yeah, it's pretty good, pretty good, Buck. You know, like, <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll give you yeah, some work. Yeah, Really? A little bit of a list. Like, uh, yeah, I like, I like what you're doing here. And, and <laughs> you know, he was, working, he was working on these really weird shorts for, like, Cartoon Network before it was Cartoon Network. Mm-hmm. And, um he just needed like background paintings. So he would give me like these really crude drawings and he's like, fill it out. You know, it, is you this with there. like other, other artists or was it like just yeah, you and like, him? Kind of like, it felt like me, him and maybe five other people. Wow. Uh, that must yeah. Have been like it was really intimate. Okay. You know, okay. okay, okay. Wait a minute. Before you get, keep going. Where, where did you grow up? New oh. York. I'm a New York guy. Okay, okay. So like uh, Long Island. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Just, uh, just to but, have some context. You know, yeah, like so. You know, my parents were always going to the city. I think the agent that ha- handled their work uh, was in the city, so they would go bring paintings. Okay. Uh, okay. And so you know, my dad was super comfortable driving around the city, which was a godsend early on because I. The city's very logical, but it takes a while, like, to figure yeah. out the subway system. And yeah, I was like, yeah. I don't know. I'm just yeah. going to walk the streets until I get to where <laughs> I need to go. Um, but he would, you know, pick me up occasionally and drop me off. And, uh, yeah. So, okay, like, okay, okay. So, so that's I, where I just, we were. Okay, okay. New York uh, based. Okay. And so, um, and this is after you got out of college. Yeah. And you I were just trying to find college. work. Trying to get some illustration okay. work, trying to like DC comics. Like I had some comic ideas I was trying to figure out. And, but at the same time, I, I like, I, I was drawing better and better, but it, I knew it wasn't like ready yet. Right. But I, I think I had a little better sense of paint and color at that point. Okay. Um, so if somebody else had done the drawing, I could, I could take it to a, a point that might be fun. Okay. Uh, although it's funny. I look back at some of the, the work I did for this, this Bakshi short thing and, uh, it's, it's pretty, I mean, it's, w- w- everybody starts somewhere, right? So like, <laughs> yeah. you look at it and you're like, okay, well, you got lucky kid. Uh, but amazing. he kept me working for a year, like doing all sorts of stuff. And That's eventually so cool. we moved out of his house, uh, or out of his, uh, studio in the city. And, and I was driving up to his house. He had a house in upstate New York and I'm working in his basement and he would pull out like paintings or, or pitch art that like Plug had done for wizards. Wow. Uh, like the originals, he just had everything. Or oh um, Barry Jackson did all these cool world paintings that are like swirly yeah. cityscapes and stuff. He's like, yeah, check this out, Box. You'll like this. Uh, <laughs> and I'd be like, holy crap. Like, you know, I didn't like that movie, but I like this art. Yeah. <laughs> I love this movie. This movie was awesome. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it was just kind of a wild experience. And then, so he had a project that he was pitching with HBO. HBO was going to start this studio out in Cal- LA. And he's like, I'm not, I'm not going, but I think you should. And, and I had done a lot of like kind of pitch work to help sell the product. And uh, so I ended up working at this really small studio in Century City uh, with 
super talented folks that to this day still boggle my mind. Um, and, and that was the extension of school. Like working with Ralph was, was awesome, but I don't know if I necessarily learned a lot, mm-hmm. but it was when I was at HBO that I was like, I could see people drawing and, and doing their thing, like storyboards and character design and background painting. And uh, I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. And it was maybe 30 people making things wow. like the early spawn cartoons and um really yeah wow what was so i was doing background painting what was the and, name and, of the studio uh it was called boo animation uh, but it was like hbo's okay. personal little animated venture and uh yeah that was two years of just awesomeness and uh, you know that was my move to california okay. at that point so okay uh and then, you know, out of that job, met a lot of people and, you know, one thing led to another. And, um, yeah, then it ended up on Family Guy. And as a storyboard worked. artist on, on Family Guy? I started as, because I, I transitioned out of, like, background paint and, and painting backgrounds for shows into storyboarding. I, I, I like the storytelling aspect mm. of, of the episodes. And there were some rocky years where I didn't quite have the skill set and, and, I'm still working to get that skill set, but like I remember working at Sony on a couple shows and just like having panic attacks because like a review I had didn't go too well. And I was, oh. they had this like really dingy bathroom, like downstairs tucked away that nobody ever went to because it was kind of dirty and like filled with roaches and stuff. Mm. And and it was kind of cool because right outside this bathroom door, there was this storage facility that they have like the wheel of fortune wheel and all these <laughs> like props and stuff. But I remember just going down there, sitting in like the the crapper, and not going, but just like, okay, come on, dude, just it's okay, just breathe, <laughs> breathe, all right, go back up. And anyway, wow. again, the kid continued. He kept working and improved, <laughs> and uh, ended up uh, starting as like a storyboard revisionist on Family Guy. Uh, basically, what's a doing story? Notes. Yeah, what's a storyboard revisionist? So storyboard artists would do uh, a lot of the scenes, but then the supervising directors might ask for like, I don't like this scene's angle or I want to improve the acting okay. in this scene. So the revisionist will be the person that does the tweak oh, okay. and, uh, you know, redraws the scene or so, you know, getting, uh, you know, and eventually it led to like, well, let's give Joe a small scene and see how he does. And then I became an assistant director under uh, one of the supervisors now who's a super talent. A uh, guy named Dom, uh, Dominic. But, you know, like, it, again, was like a nice family. And as long as you were a good guy and worked hard, like, there was a lot of encouragement, a mm. lot of support. And, and like, if you didn't get it quite right, you know, they would help you massage it into shape. So who, you, who do you think is responsible for that? Was it like who was managing it? Or was it just because the people were all cool? It seems like it usually kind of comes from the top, you yeah, know? it. It definitely like Seth MacFarlane is an intense dude. Uh, I don't have any relationship with him, but he he definitely uh, knows his craft really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he had uh, people under him: this Peter Shin, this Cara Vallow, and Shannon Smith, and and uh, this uh, Dominic Bianchi now, and James Purdom that were uh, knew what Seth wanted. Uh, but could pre- present it in a way that, you know, would really help you learn how to consistently get it, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, um, so yeah, it's definitely like the managing folks over there were, were super, um, 
you know, especially if you're a good person and they know that they right. don't want to lose that and yeah. they know you're going to keep working at it. Um, but I, I mean, so you, they would just kind of groom you. Yeah. But you hear these, you know, you hear these stories about, um, I don't know, different art studios where, uh, um, you know, it's a toxic environment. There's assholes get ahead and, yeah. you know, incompetent assholes get ahead and people that deserve it don't move forward. But it sounds like the environment you were in was very not toxic, non-toxic. <laughs> yeah. No. And I am super lucky because I, I know it exists out there. Um, but I would say the majority of my animation gigs have been either with people from this original HBO group mm-hmm. who super thoughtful very generous, uh, you know, with time or, or, you know, whatever. Um, and, and just enjoyed the person as much as the art they created. Hmm. Um, and so like most of my jobs were either with folks that were part of that, you know, even once it dissolved, uh, or, um, you know, and it's kind of like a, a little stone of shame right now, but, uh, my producers on, uh, Family Guy also produced at Sony, and Sony was great for the most part, but we worked on the show Dilbert <laughs> for a couple of years, and I, I had no clue that the guy was a prick. <laughs> I don't think he was always. I think he kind of well, turned into he a He probably was. He just didn't have a, a <laughs> yeah, platform true, to really... Yeah, true, true, true. Uh, but uh, so now I don't, I don't talk about that part anymore. <laughs> that was my initial directorial gig. Like, oh, really? I, yeah, we're done uh, the last season of the uh, last episode of the first season of Dilbert, uh, and uh, then the second season. Uh, wow! But but my producers on that show uh, were incredible and and super great people. That's cool. And uh, yeah, so yeah, I've been super lucky uh, to be surrounded by so many good folks. That doesn't mean everybody there is a great apple, but right. you know, <laughs> enough good apples, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think. Attracts, you know, like management definitely has an eye for finding people that have good energy too, yeah, which yeah. I've been impressed. Like even over the years, like the, now I'm the old guy and like the younger folks coming in are just really positive and, you know. That's, yeah, that's part part of being a good leader or manager is, is bringing good people like that in that, you know, yeah. not, not only talented, but good people, good energy people, you know. Yeah. I think it goes a long way, especially, you know, like, you know, we're all, we're all remote for the most part still. Um, oh, that's cool. But, uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's been great. But, uh, I think, uh, yeah, that ability to like see beyond the art or see enough of the art to know that you can improve, but I like your personality a lot. Right. Take, roll the dice on you a little bit. Yeah. And see, yeah. Okay. We're yeah. going to give you a shot. And, uh, I think there's, a lot to be said about that as yeah, well. So absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, so I kind of worked my way up the ranks. I was assistant director for a couple years, uh, and then you know the guy I was working under uh, is a superstar, and they're like, "We we want you to be like one of the supervisors now that will oversee the whole sh- series." Uh, and Joe, you want to direct? And I'm like, okay. So I was I was full on directing Family Guy and I've been doing it for yeah uh, that's, quite a few years now. That's crazy. So um, yeah, do, uh, were you super nervous the first time? <laughs> big time, big time. Like, but it seems like a good environment to where it's like you could actually ask people, like you know, 
I'm not sure what to do here. Can you help me yeah. out? You know, totally, totally. Like it, it's definitely, uh, you know, there are still deadlines, you know, so you can't dilly dally too long. I mean, yeah. but you have plenty of people you can bounce stuff off of that are open to and not going to make it like seem like, Oh my God, again, yeah, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> just do it. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So like, uh, you know, a lot of learning bumps in the road, you know, like, uh, but, uh, yeah, Mark and I have a pretty good thing going right now. We get, we get some fun episodes to work on. Um, you know, they, they know, you know, both Mark and I have these like painting worlds. And I think we were doing these in, internal art shows at family guy for years, uh, where sometimes there'd be like a family guy theme and mm -hmm. we do a painting specifically to it. But Eventually, I was like, I'm just going to put up some paintings that didn't sell and see who wants to bid on it. And it was kind of silent auction. But the writing staff, uh, you know, was seeing a lot of my work. I'd invite them all to my art shows when I'd have them. Mm -hmm. And uh, like Alex Borstein owns a couple paintings of mine. Mm -hmm. And uh, a bunch of the writers have, have, you know, some of the work. And um, which was nice. You know, they're, they're supporting this yeah. lowly guy who a little loud and fun in the office, but I'm going to, I'm going to support his art as well. That's cool. And, uh, like I got this call one morning and I wasn't, I think I was an assistant director at that point, um, uh, from like a writer's PA. And she's like, Joe, have you seen today's, like, they'll do a table read. Have you seen the script for today's table read? And I'm like, no. And you know, it's not one of our episodes. So I wasn't really paying attention to it. Mm -hmm. She's like, you got to come down here right now and check out this page. And uh, so I hustled down to her cubicle and she pulls up the, the paper. And uh, so Brian is going to, Brian the dog, it's a, it's a storm. Everybody's locked in the house. Brian the dog's bored. He's like, ah, I'm going to tap into some of these mushrooms I had stored in the house. <laughs> see if I can have a little experience during this weather thing. And so I'm reading and it's like Brian has a really bad hallucination and drops into Joe Vox's painting world. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? And so they did, they table read the whole thing. And I was like, dude, this is really cool. Like, thank you very much. And they're like, we scripted something because we needed something in the table read, but we intend for you to just do your own thing. And, you know, you can write whatever you want. Wow. Like, you know, that is the coolest, man. Dude, it was so sweet. It was like uh, a super fun experience. So I, What's and the name of that like, episode? I have to watch that. It's the Seahorse Seashell Party. It's kind of a, a weird name, but it's, yeah, the Griffins. I think it was like a, because at that point we had American Dad, Cleveland, and Family Guy, kind of all within the Family Guy universe. Mm -hmm. And there was a, a hurricane heading up the coast. And all those shows take place on like the eastern seaboard. Okay, right. And so all, all families were going to be uh, dealing with this weather pattern. And so this was the Griffins episode. And um, you know, a, a friend of mine was directing it, but knew that Joe was going to be doing this three minute nightmare moment in the middle. And, uh, so cool. So cool. Yeah. It was just kind of like stream of consciousness, but you know, like inspired by a few paintings I had done and here and there, um, or was about to do. And, uh, yeah, super fun and kind of <laughs> surreal to have those worlds like kind of yeah, that's you know? amazing. That's amazing. Um, so, uh, did, did you notice any um, uh, uptick in art sales after that? You'd think, you know, you'd <laughs> think I'd know how to market that, but I, I don't even think 
People I've don't know. Any like I'm just not good, Chet. Like I like I don't know. I'm just that's a, that's I'm like not that's like money. That. It's like money in the bank, man. I know. Well, then the other cool thing, thanks to Family Guy, but also pure Joe Vox, is recently um, one of the writers left their show and uh, launched the Resident Alien show on Sci Fi Channel. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you've seen it, but it's a it's a really great show. It's like kind of X Files, kind of comedic. Um, you know, there's an, some intensity to it. Mm -hmm. But he he called me last summer and he's like, "Hey, so." we have this character in the show that's going to be introduced this season called Goliath. And he's kind of like a Banksy type person. Like nobody knows who this character is, but we need art to, you know, these images that are going to be like murals on the street and, oh, and cool. gallery shows. And like, we re I'd really like to use your art. I was like, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> and originally I was thinking, oh, shoot, I'm going to have to generate all this new stuff. He's like, no, no, no. I, I want to use stuff you've created. We've already been like scouring the internet and your website for images. Oh, that's awesome. Dude, this is awesome. Is so so cool. I ended up creating one original image, but they go to a gallery show of this Goliath. And <laughs> it's all my paintings. You know, they, I was working with the production team. You know, they get them the images and then so them cool. up. Yeah. It was super sweet. That's and I great. was like, oh my God. Uh, you know, a few of the paintings, actually all the paintings had sold. So if I did know the person, I'm like, I don't know if you watch it, but you might want to pay attention to Resident Alien this season mm -hmm. because you might see something that's in your house uh, <laughs> on the show. So that was another cool, like, just kind of crossover, you know, headbutt that okay. was just you have fantastic. To, now you have to sell, you have to sell prints. Do you sell prints of all those images from that show? That was the one thing, like, I, I have this threadless account and I did okay. notice a little little uptick uh you know for the fans good, good. Know, buying so that that was something. <laughs> but yeah, I am so bad at the like I, I have these little golden eggs that are given to me. Here, Joe, we like you and here's a gift. And even you know, the producer's like, don't worry about it. like you say resident alien all you want and wow. don't worry about giving us anything. I'm like, okay, great. Wow. And what do I do with it? I mean I tried, but I'm just well, this is this is not uncommon. This is the this is I think m most artists are 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 like this. I I was thinking the other day how it's like this world is not made for us. It's like it's not made for us. We are we, it's it's like we have to uh we have to try twice as hard just to kind of like be normal. Like it's made for other people yeah. <laughs> so it's not it really it's it's not suited towards the artistic mind it really isn't my my brain like it's like tax season my my buddy does my taxes and i'll sit down with him and he starts talking about things and i can just feel my brain oh i know slowly like because this is a, bu a buddy and i know he's got my best interest in mind but I could feel like all like the ears are shutting down. And I just start daydreaming, <laughs> thinking about other things I want to do later, where I really should be paying attention. But yeah, I'm not. I know it's so hard. It's so hard. <laughs> yeah, I, and you know, the older I get, the worse I get. Yeah, that it that even trying, like ah, you know me, guys, just not gonna stick. <laughs> it's not gonna. I appreciate it. But, um. Well, you're doing all right. I mean, you're doing great. So, so yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm super thankful that I've been able to uh, carve out a little, 
existence where I can do what I like to do. And, and, uh, you know, yeah, I, uh, I think, uh, the energies of the planet and all these things yeah. <laughs> for, for that. So, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy out there. So you were kind of building this fine art career while you were having this animation career. And yeah. so, um, I don't, do you feel like the animation career has influenced your artwork? I mean, yes, in the sense that, um, you know, um, I, I feel like my, my paintings always had kind of like a, a cell, like this is a frozen scene right. yeah, from yeah. That's some true. weird movie or yeah, something. Yeah, it does have that um, feeling to it. So I think it definitely helped keep it in that world. Um, and for sure, just the skill level, the composition, color palettes, whatever, like mm -hmm. just absorbing from seeing other people work. Uh, it's a, You know, I'm, I sorry to interrupt you, but it's the same thing with me and makeup effects. Yeah, it's like if you I think mean, it's like, you know, I'm doing these monsters. This is the same kind of stuff that we would sculpt. It's like totally, it gets right? in your head. You love it. You're into it. And it's like it, – so yeah, that's a kind of a dumb question now that I think about it. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, yeah, like it's not often or always that I think your your potential day job can you know coincide right. with you know your passion or whatever. I think if you're into but, your job though, if you're if you yeah. like your job, you know, it's going to have an influence for sure. And it's like I, I look at um, kind of Instagram in the same way. Like I I post, but uh, like mo ninety percent of what I follow are artists. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, every time you post something or Mark posts something or, you know, anybody, it usually if I'm having a moment where I'm like, I don't feel like painting today or I, I just can't get my button here. As I get older, it gets harder and harder sometimes to yeah. like have this dual personality thing. And, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and then I'll see a post or something. I'll be like, they're doing it. I can do it. I can do it. And it's like motivation. <laughs> it's like, you know. Yeah. Uh, I get that it, too. For it's sure. kind of like a celebration too. Like I'm like, oh man, I love their work and they're still working hard at it. Mm -hmm. I, can, I can still do it too, I think. So That's like cool. I, I, I try and look at all of it as like motivational mm -hmm. as opposed to like, you know, anything else. So um, the, the working with artists, even if they're just drawing silly cartoons or a lot, a lot of the people that I work with, have other projects that they're working on as well. Mm -hmm. And if they're sharing them or, you know, like it's just fuel, you know, like yeah, yeah. To, to keep your fire going. Yeah. Like, oh man. All right. Yeah. I, I do so. miss that about working in a shop, working around amazing artists. Uh, but I get to interview them now once a week. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> nah, you're so busy and I'm, I'm sure, you know, people you interact with are, have some good energies too. And Oh uh, yeah, for sure. But man, um, it, it's like, it's, it's, it is really cool being, um, I don't know, challenged in that way when you've got people around that are just so good that you're working with every day and you kind of have to prove yourself and yeah. measure up and uh, it really pushes you. Made me made me such a better artist, especially when I started working at Rick Baker's. It was like, oh, I imagine. It really right? was like, like, okay, I, I, I thought I was badass, but I'm not. 
<laughs> just Kazu, right? That's here. where we differ. I yeah. never thought I was badass. I'm a... <laughs> <laughs> well, that was like uh, ten years at my other job, where I was like the lead art guy, effects guy. So I had—I yeah. mean, I wasn't an asshole, but but inside I was like, yeah, I'm pretty good, you know. And, and then you go oh, to a thanks, shop baby. like like Rick's, and it's like, oh man, they're doing this at a whole other level. I didn't even. I wasn't even aware you could do things that well because I had never seen anybody do stuff that well, yeah. you know, cause he had all the best people in the industry. Yeah. Sculpting and it's humbling, stuff. but if those people turn out to be nice people too, uh, yeah. and willing to share their knowledge and, and like, Oh yeah. They're amazing. Uh, people. gift, right? Like, Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> you know, just hold my hand <laughs> and lead me to your world. <laughs> yeah. Like, you remember that movie uh, Dark City at all? Yeah, yeah. It was kind of this weird. It's a cool movie. Other world, like Kiefer Sutherland was in it. Yeah, I need to. So, it's funny well, that you mentioned that because I saw someone post a clip. I don't know a month ago, and I was like, "Man, I gotta watch that again." I haven't watched yeah, it in years. It, it's really it's cool. cool, like almost like a dream. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. It's weird. So I'm at HBO for six months. And I, I'm astounded by all the talent there. And I'm like, God, I hope I can make this work. You know, like I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm an apprentice to the background painter. So I'm, I'm learning under him. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's super supportive and, and I'm doing okay. But everybody's talking about this girl, Jennifer, who's coming up from, all, she works with the company and then she left. They're trying to get her back, but she's working on this movie down in Australia. It was Dark City. And she came back and she's this like, Sweet looking, uh, I can't remember if he's Japanese, Korean, or, but sweet lady, you know, mm-hmm. she comes walking in, girl, about my age, and she has this big portfolio because everybody's chomping at the bit to see all the production art she did for that movie. And she's, we're all like huddled over her, like, holy crap, and she's turning these pages through the portfolio, and it's these epic, like, charcoal with little color injected drawings i'm yeah. like oh my god what are you doing here she's so fucking good <laughs> like how is she she turned out to be like the sweetest person ever i think i i feel like she is directing a horror film right now wow. honestly she was like for as sweet as she was she could draw the most gruesome dark imagery for like you know, anything in the Spawn movie where somebody was getting their guts ripped out and mm-hmm. chain was ripping through <laughs> flesh or we needed the design of a zombie, Jennifer will come up with something. And yeah, I was just like, oh, God, you're so good. <laughs> Those were the years. Like, I was so insecure. And, yeah. like, and you know, I just I never had that moment of, like, I'm really good at what I do. Uh, it's always been a struggle. <laughs> like, a fight for every painting still continues, like... I wow. start and I'm like, I think I know where this is going. I hope it'll go well, but I'm not sure. Wow. <laughs> oh, you don't know that from the artwork. That's for sure. I mean, I was just at the gallery Saturday. Nice. Did you go to the club? Uh, yeah, I should have been there. But yeah, I, no, I, I went there for business stuff with uh, Gary and, and um, I had a, a walkthrough and it's like, yeah, your stuff was, your show was so awesome, man. So man, awesome. So great. Just your colors are amazing. And I didn't and I didn't even realize you were uh an acrylic artist. I just yeah. assumed you were an oil painter because it looks like oil to me. I mean it's like yeah, it's one of those that's it doesn't an animation matter. product as well. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, it's like when you paint that well, I feel like it doesn't matter what the medium is. It's like it it's 
it's either good or it's not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Thanks, man. It's it's a product of working in animation though, because we yeah. initially were working with these cell vinyl paints. Yeah, cell vinyl paints. I've never uh, used those. I had some, but I never used them. They were the best, them. and the company went under. And like, I know there's a bunch of artists that are like, I know, struggling to find. Everybody loves. Why why were they so great? Uh like for one, they like a lot of Liquitex. A lot of those paints would dry with like a really high gloss. And mm -hmm. these paints were designed so that if camera lights, you know, which would be on either uh, side of a background painting, they were almost like a gouache in the sense that they were super flat, no reflective light or anything. Mm. And, and also, like, the tendency was a little more fluid, so it would dry in a flat shape as opposed to, like, oh, okay. you know, like, leaving mm -hmm. kind of edges and strips and stuff if you, unless you really smoothed it, smoothed it out. And... Um, and, you know, it had a really nice, like, range of color and palette and stuff that you could choose from. Was it, like, but I, was it solventy in any way, or was it just, like, an acrylic base? Acrylic base, the the one drawback to them, I guess, that maybe the gels or didn't do is, like, if you didn't shake or use the paint often, the, uh, I think it was, like, a vegetable oil would start to separate, so all the pigment would drop. Like a slow snow globe to the bottom, uh, and once it was like condensed at the bottom, it was a clay that you couldn't like reactivate, uh, okay. and, and it was just done. Yeah, it did basically. Um, but yeah, like once that company went under, like I floundered for a couple of years where I was like, I I'm trying other brands, other things, and and just not not finding any paints that are even close to what I was experiencing. Yeah. I was like, is this the end? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I thought Golden love. came out with like a, a a liquid version of some of their other paints, and I, I've been using a lot of that. And I, I tried some uh, Nova too. Nova has some nice stuff, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just making it up as I go, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was gonna ask you a little bit about your your uh, your artwork, and you, you talked about you kind of like keep things loose, you have a loose idea, and then um, you are uh, you kind of let it develop as you paint it, your final paintings, like your big paintings. And if yeah. you do a study, it's super quick, and you don't you have a sketch, basically. And, and uh, when I say sketch, we're talking yeah. like a couple pasta noodles dropped yeah, on a plate. I, my sketches, some of my sketches are... Uh, you know, I see someone like Christopher Ulrich who does like these massive sketchbooks. They're like super detailed. They're so amazing. And my sketches are like crap. Most of them. I've seen your sketches, Chet. They're not crap. Well, I've, I can, I can, uh, uh, sketch well, uh, 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 okay. uh, I can't, I can't, I, I got your message. I can't sketch well, but I can't, uh, I don't know if I only do what I need to do for the painting. Yeah. Which sounds like what you need to, what you do. But I, for I, me, it's all about like the energy. Yeah. Like I, I feel like there's a spontaneity and almost like a folk art. I don't know. Like, mm. yeah, maybe not folk arts. Maybe that's not the word, but like, I, I know what you're saying. It's like a f vibe. Uh, yeah. If I, if I put too much free thought and it's bitten me in the ass a couple times, but if I put too much pre thought into a piece, it kind of, kills my 
motivation on the piece. Mm-hmm. Like it still might be a, a good concept and, and might be fun to paint, but I, I lose a little of that. Like, I can't wait to get, sit down and continue this, you know, yeah, where yeah, when it's yeah. unexplored, <laughs> like uh, anything could happen. It's, but... <laughs> it's, it it kind of reminds me of uh, Chris Mars approach. Is that and, what he is like? Well, doing? it's, yeah. yeah, I think he's just kind of, he, you know, I think he's super improvisational. He'll just kind of start yeah. and just fill the thing so up. Sweet. And, uh, yeah. and it's got, you know, it's just very active and uh, colorful in the, in the way that yours is. But anyway, I know you have to go. Oh, <laughs> You've man. got family I duties. Hate, I hate to be a buzzkill. Oh, no, no. But... It's it's so, so much fun talking to you. I could keep going for hours, but I, I you have a family and, and uh, yeah. you have to do that family. You're a family yeah. guy. <laughs> okay. Anyway. And on that note, folks. <laughs> on the worst, lamest joke ever. Let's... Uh... <laughs> Uh, oh shoot! But dude, thank you so much for reaching oh, out. Yeah. It meant, uh, meant the world to me. I, uh, been meaning and to. I really appreciate what you're doing, and I'm so years. thankful to be part of it. Oh yeah, you're you're. I love your work. I'm a, a fan. You're a super cool guy. Great person. Uh, everybody Likewise. knows that. Everybody loves you. Um, that I know that our mutual friends. And um, yeah, thanks for coming on. So just the only thing we have to do is just say goodbye to the audience, like we always do. Is just say goodbye, audience. Goodbye, Out. everyone. Farewell. I love you.